day sleep, breathe, and eat Facebook marketing. So it's definitely something I'd love to talk about. <laughs> Good, because otherwise you wouldn't be uh, looking forward to too much anticipation for another conversation about Facebook. So I'm <laughs> glad you said yes, Amy, because I think the, the whole plan would have been rumbled if you'd have said to me, I hate talking about Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked so well. It wouldn't have worked so well. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, you're tuned into Traffic Jam. This is episode number 23. I'm your host, James Reynolds, and you're tuned into the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic, leads, and sales from your website and build a profitable audience online. Now, on today's episode, we're revisiting the topic of Facebook traffic. Now, it's actually the third time in 23 episodes that we've gotten into the topic of Facebook, and it's always a very popular subject. Now, on episode one, we had my friend Victoria Gibson on the show. And uh, a little after that, episode five, we had Jennifer Sheehan come on and talk about the changes that have happened in the past sort of six to 12 months of Facebook. And I really do recommend if you've not checked out those episodes yet, go and do so because they'll give you a really good broad overview of how you can use Facebook to drive traffic to your website. Now, on both of those episodes, we did cover a lot. In fact, we went really wide on the topic of Facebook even down to things such as how to set up your Facebook page, effective images and text content, how to post, when to post, and then how to amplify that content using paid Facebook traffic. Now, on today's episode, I wanted to go a lot narrower and really focus in on one area of Facebook traffic that my guest today has been getting really strong results with, and that's list building using Facebook promoted posts. Now, I've been particularly excited at the prospect of this episode because this is a strategy that I, too, have been testing out over the past few weeks with uh, some pretty reasonable success. But I'm sure there's some wind and some opportunities that I'm perhaps missing out on, which I know our guest today will surely share with us. So let's introduce her. Her name is Amy Porterfield. She's an absolute expert in this particular strategy because she's been building her whole business around it over the past 12 months or so. Amy is the author of Facebook for Dummies, and she also has a couple of programs out teaching Facebook strategies, FB Influence and FB Ads Insider. And uh, in addition to that, she's the former content director for Tony Robbins, as well as a former marketing and events coordinator for Harley Davidson. So, if you're either in the kind of author speaker market or you work with a big brand, I think you'll particularly resonate with Amy's experience and what she has to teach. So all of that is coming up in just a moment. But of course, don't go anywhere after the interview because we have our regular segments on the show, the one minute traffic tip, all of this week's news in traffic in this week's news in traffic. And of course, we end the show with a musical jam chosen by our guest today, Amy Porterfield. So on that note, let's introduce Amy for a whole session on how to increase your email list using Facebook promoted posts. 
You're listening into Traffic Jam episode number 23 and joining us in the virtual hot seat for a fireside chat all about Facebook marketing is none other than Amy Porterfield. Amy, a warm welcome to Traffic Jam. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, it's awesome to have you on the call and um, I'm really excited because we've covered Facebook marketing you know, pretty extensively already on Traffic Jam and the previous episodes I did with both Victoria Gibson and Jennifer Sheehan proved to be very popular. So I wanted to get you on, Amy, to dive deep into the subject of Facebook marketing again, but particularly one strategy you've been getting great results with and that's email list building with Facebook. But I guess before we do all of that, please give our listener a little bit of a quick intro to Amy Porterfield. Okay, so I started my marketing career with Harley Davidson motorcycles. I always say I'm not a biker chick, but that's really where I started everything in terms of marketing and then went on to work with peak performance coach Anthony Robbins. So a lot of people know who Tony Robbins is. And I worked there for about six and a half years as the director of content development. And that's really where I fell in love with online marketing and social media marketing. So I took everything Tony taught me and I started my own consulting business. And now I've really found my niche inside Facebook marketing. I co-authored the book, Facebook Marketing, All in One for Dummies. And I always say sleep, breathe and eat Facebook marketing. So it's definitely something I'd love to talk about. <laughs> Good, because otherwise you wouldn't be uh, looking forward to too much anticipation for another conversation about Facebook. So I'm <laughs> glad you said yes, Amy, because I think the, the whole plan would have been rumbled if you'd have said to me, I hate talking about Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked so well. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked so well. Okay, well, I guess before we get into the mechanics of how we might build our email list from Facebook, why is it important? I mean, the average email open rates are, are probably sort of 10 or 15%. Facebook page post views are, are probably pretty similar. Why even bother in the first place, Amy? Well, I think, actually, I know that Facebook marketing and email marketing go hand in hand. And the reason why it's so important to grow an email list is I always look at it as the energy of your business. I learned early on when I was working with Tony Robbins that these days you really don't have a business if you don't have a solid email list because so much of the business is done online. So although the email marketing rates or open rates that you just mentioned might not seem that high, I think the stronger or the more focus you put into your list, the stronger you can make your list and you can really increase those numbers. And when I first started my online marketing business, I was hustling. I was hustling to find my next customer. I was worried about where the business was going to come from. And then I changed everything and really started working on growing my email list. Now I have this email list where I never have to hustle to find my next customer. I'm always cultivating new customers through my email communication. And so I really see it as the energy of your business. When you do it right, you'll have this list that can't wait to hear from you or is curious as to how they can do business with you. That's really how I see the two working together. Yeah. And I guess we could kind of add on to that, that you really want to have an asset that you can control. I mean, to, to do all of your business primarily from an audience based on Facebook or I guess any other platform for that matter yes. is, uh, is a little bit risky to say the least. So, um, so great, great concept. Amy, I guess before we get sort of started talking about um, how we might sort of make this all work, um, we've got to get some form of offer together, right, in the first place to try and attract people to join our email list. What makes a compelling offer for this type of strategy? Yeah, so you're exactly right. For this strategy to work, you first want to start out with a really compelling, valuable 
giveaway offer that your audience can't wait to get their hands on. So in terms of, you know, what I do, Facebook marketing, I use a lot of free live and recorded webinars. So if you're in a business that you can teach something of value for free, webinars tend to be a really great giveaway. So you could actually send people to a page to sign up for one of your webinars in exchange for name and email. But eBooks are very popular when you have a really smart newsletter, something that people are going to find extremely valuable. Newsletters can work as well. I really like the concept of, let's say a three-part video series where people sign up and then you get their permission to email three different emails in terms of giving them pieces of the video series. So now you get to touch them in multiple ways. And then in addition to that, if you are a brick and mortar, it's also great to do some kind of exclusive discount or coupon code in exchange for a name and email. So you really just got to experiment and figure out what would your audience find valuable. Okay. And have you got any stats for this? Have you tested different offers um, in different markets, i.e. video courses versus free report versus cheat sheet? Is there a is there a one that kind of trounces the rest typically or is it or is it vary so much between industries and, and particular markets? What we're seeing recently, you know, these trends change over time, but over the last year what I've seen is that the cheat sheet or some kind of PDF giveaway tends to be pretty valuable. I do a lot of work with leadpages.net. They're a company that I use to create all my opt-in pages. I love them so much that I tell everybody about them, but what they found is they test so many different opt-in pages and the giveaways behind those pages and all that good stuff. And they found that the cheat sheet or let's say list of top 10 tools or top 10 tips, those tend to convert really well. And the great thing is they're easy to put together. So I love the guide or the cheat sheet or the list kind of giveaway. It works really well for both sides. Yeah, that's it. Well, I was hanging out with Clay in Australia, I guess back in June time, and he was uh, he was saying that exact thing that the kind of the cheat sheet, the 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 one page PDF with a list of top three or four tools or resources, we're just trouncing every single other offer, um, almost two to one in many cases, and that's kind of good news for us marketers, right, Amy? Because it's super simple to put together. Yes, yeah, so true. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, we've kind of got an idea on what might make a good offer in terms of presentation. Um, Is there any process goes into actually deciding what would be good in your own market? Or are you suggesting, Amy, we just go out and test a bunch of stuff and see what comes up the winner? Well, there's two things that I would do. First, I'd find out what my competitors are doing and also what others are doing that have an audience that's aligned with my, they might not be my exact competitor, but I love to go research and find out what other people are doing. That just kind of gives you a sense of what may or may not be working. From there, if you have a small audience, at least I would survey the audience, maybe three or four really easy survey questions just to get some feedback before you create anything. I know it's more work, but it definitely helps in the long run. So you don't start creating something that nobody's going to want. A short little survey and some research. I think it's worth your time before you actually start creating. Got it. And would you do that on Facebook itself? Literally just might post a, a post saying, hey, what your challenge is, what's the, the 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 biggest issues that you'd like solving in your business right now? Is that the best way yeah, to go about so- it? Such a great question. You can do a few different things. One, yes, you could post just directly on your Facebook page and say, hey, will you list the one challenge you face in your business right now? Or maybe it's, you know, one thing that you would love to learn from me based on your experience with my content or whatever it might be. You can make it more personal or more general. So just posting a 
quick question on your Facebook page could really work. Or you could use something like SurveyMonkey or, or I think there's there's one called SurveyPop where you can actually create a quick survey and then link to it on your Facebook page. You'll probably get more valuable information that way, but probably less people will engage with it. The easier you make it, the more often you'll get a, a big a bigger response. So I think either of those options would work, but you definitely want to put some thought behind that question you ask because it's going to be extremely valuable in the ter- in sense in the sense that you're going to put your time and effort into this giveaway, you want it to be worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, we've we've got a, a feel for perhaps what we might offer and how we might put it together, Amy. I guess the next step is to create a page that we can send people to. What might that page look like? Okay. So great question. Here's what happens when, in, when we're talking about Facebook marketing in terms of giving away something to grow your email list. And that is you could have an opt-in page or a lead page inside of Facebook or outside of Facebook. You can put one into a custom app on your Facebook page. So you've got that big timeline cover photo on your Facebook page and underneath you've got the small boxes. So you can create in one of those small boxes, an opt-in page. To me, the easiest way to do it, and you can tell me if you have a a different solution, but the easiest way is to use a tool like lead pages where you create the opt-in and literally it means adding in some text. They've already created all these different pages that convert really well. So you add some text and some detail there, and then you can actually have that live outside of Facebook on its own URL or lead pages now allows you basically with like two clicks of a button to pull it into a custom app on your Facebook page. So either or either option, very, very easy if you use a tool like lead pages. So the reason why I always talk about lead pages is because they've tested their opt-in pages. They know what converts. And a lot of the time, if you try to create an opt-in page on your own, you're not going to know exactly placing a button here versus there and what what the difference in conversion would be. And so you might be spending all this time trying to drive traffic to an opt-in page and it's not converting. The layout of a convert or opt-in page is really important. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I've got some follow-up questions as well, Amy, now that you've mentioned lead pages. My first question is based around posting that page to Facebook or to your own site, which is highest converting generally? Well, here's the deal. It really depends. If you are marketing, and we're going to talk about Facebook ads in a moment because that's the piece of this puzzle. If you are running Facebook ads to your existing fan base, you have a little bit more leeway where you can send people outside of Facebook if they're already your fans and get pretty good conversions, really strong conversions, actually. If you are marketing to non-fans, I always suggest to bring people into your Facebook page, your custom map. Because studies show, we don't have an exact number, but studies have shown that you will keep people's trust. You're more likely to get the name and email if you take a non-fan into a custom app on Facebook versus sending them to a uh, non-URL page they've never been to. So do you see the difference there? If they're your fans already, you have their trust, you can take them to a non-Facebook page. If you don't have their trust just yet, I'd keep them inside of Facebook. Got it. Well, that makes total sense. Keep them in the environment that they're used to. I guess that's the the thought process behind that. And um, yeah, my second question around lead pages is, I guess we've got a number of listeners here who would probably be familiar with the, the templates and formats inside lead pages. Um, which of those templates has worked best for you? Oh, great question. So the one that's working best for me um, 
It looks like, gosh, it's, this always changes. So I recently just changed things. It looks like a video in the middle, whereas because I'm giving away a three-part video series. So it looks like a video in the middle and people click the video and it actually has a pop-up that says, hey, you've got to opt in for to get the video. And so then it just has an area for name and email. But here is the best way to do it. When you go into lead pages, at, you can actually sort the templates by the ones that are converting the best at that time. So that's what I always do. Probably every 30 days, I'll go back into lead pages. I'll sort the templates, find the one that's converting the best, and I'll test it out versus the one I'm currently using. That's how I usually find the ones that do the best. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's a pretty nifty tool that they've just added inside lead pages. So um, yeah, if our audience is familiar with that, I'm sure they can have a play around and find the the best and most appropriate form or, or opt-in page for their particular offer. Let's roll it forward from there, Amy. Um, we've got the landing page set up. We've got the offer sorted. We've probably got delivery worked out, which I guess if you use lead pages, they can kind of take care of that for you as well. If you've got some form of PDF giveaway, I guess we're talking about traffic next are we is that the next step yeah so this is the big piece of the puzzle and this is really where it comes down to how powerful Facebook marketing can be so what I do is and this is what I teach all of my students is I use page post ads now a page post ad is really just a status update that you put on your Facebook page like just like any post you do on your Facebook page you would first post it on your Facebook page and then from there, you would go into the ads dashboard and you turn that status update into an ad. But let me dissect this a little bit just to make sure it really makes sense. So for example, I do one for a automated Facebook webinar I have. So what happens is the image I use usually is a picture of me because I'm my own personal brand. And then maybe I'll have some text next to my image, something like free training, how to use Facebook for your business. So the image shows a picture of me and some words about the training. And then the status update might say something like, I'm hosting a brand new free training all about Facebook marketing. Here what, here's what you'll learn. And I might list three quick little tips as to what they'll learn in the training. And I'll just say, click here to join. And so now you have a link in that status update that will send people to your custom opt-in page, whatever tool you use for that, for that opt-in page. So this is a, just a status update. Anything that you would post on your page is a status update. From there, I actually go into the power editor. I don't use the traditional ads dashboard, but I use the power editor, which is just a more robust, more features, more bells and whistles kind of Facebook ad platform. Totally free. You can find it inside your traditional ads dashboard. You'll see an option for the power editor in the left column. It will take you there. There's a lot of free tra trainings to learn how to use. It's a little clunky at first. But here's why I use the power editor. From there, I can actually choose my status update that I want to turn into a page post ad, and I can decide where I want that ad placed. And here's kind of the big aha moment of this page post ad strategy. I only place my page post ads in the newsfeed, desktop and mobile. What we're finding is that ads that get out into the newsfeed versus the right-hand column ads we're seeing about two to 5% conversion rate with those newsfeed ads versus 0.04% in those right-hand column ads. Plus, a page post ad in the newsfeed looks like a status update. It's got the like, the share, the comment buttons, 
and it's got this big image if you upload an image and your status update. So we're talking about really big real estate in the news feed for an ad versus that tiny little you know, rectangle that you get in the right-hand column. So to me, this totally changes the game. Okay, so follow-up question, Amy, would be how does the, the price of the, the traffic differ from the right-hand side column ads and the newsfeed ads that you're talking about? Are we literally getting the same price of traffic but 10, 20-fold the conversion rate or is this traffic more expensive to us? Oh, such a great question. So Facebook won't come out and say this. However, all of my peers and from my own personal experience, I tend to pay less per click on a newsfeed ad than I was ever paying in the right-hand column ad. So for example, the average click or cost per click on a right-hand column ad is 80 cents. But I've seen in the newsfeed 30, 40, 50, 60 cents per click, depending on the pages I'm targeting versus that average 80 cents per click in the right-hand column. So I personally, and many of my peers that use the same strategy are actually seeing less per click on that ad versus the right-hand column ads. Got it. Got it. And I'm guessing the image content is very important. The example you used was, of course, a picture of yourself. What about for an offline business, perhaps a, a service related business that haven't got a face, a personal brand behind them? What might be some of the, the kind of the images that they could use within that update that are going to be effective to drive clicks and traffic? Great, great. So if you want to, you really definitely, I'm so glad you asked this because two things here, you, if you're going to use an image in your ad, which I suggest everybody does for a page post ad, one thing you need to know is that image, when it actually is put out into the newsfeed, that image cannot have more than 20% text. So when you're going to tr turn a status update into a page post ad, no image in an ad can go in the newsfeed if it has more than 20% text. It will get disapproved. Mm. So with that, your question is really important because you want to use graphics or imagery as well as text. So if you are not your own personal brand and aren't going to use your headshot, you just want to think in terms of what is that ad, what kind of feeling do you want that ad to portray? Usually, if you can use images of people, that's probably the best way to go. Happy, smiling women still tend to convert better than any other people on Facebook. Babies tend to be the second, but you got to make sure that that picture is actually going to make sense for whatever it is that you're promoting. So let's just say you're a restaurant, you know, showing some imagery of people inside your restaurant is always a great idea. Adding text to that image, talking about a discount or a coupon is going to take things actually to the next level, meaning people are going to start paying attention. The better that image is, more colorful, really stands out, it's going to grab the attention of people that are just kind of scrolling through their newsfeed. So spend some time on that image for sure. Yeah, good, good, uh, good stuff. Um, okay, well, I guess my next question and perhaps final question around the targeting of the advertising would be around sequencing. Is this kind of a one-time shot or should we be thinking about sequencing ads with multiple messages considering that it's going to be going out in the newsfeed itself? So I'm not exactly sure what you mean by the whole sequencing. Give me a little more information. Okay, so um, would we create just one ad and, and then let it run? Or would we create multiple ads that perhaps target the same audience but would be sequenced one after the other? 
Gotcha. Okay. And that actually leads me to one more thing I want to add to this. These are such great questions, James. So basically what you want to do is you could actually do one ad and then target different groups. So within your targeting of a Facebook ad dashboard, you can actually target other Facebook pages. So let's say for me, I'm in the marketing arena. So maybe I want to target all the fans of the HubSpot Facebook page. So I could target all of their fans, but maybe I want to run another type of ad campaign because I like to keep my ads in different campaigns, depending on who the target audience is. I might run my ad to people like MailChimp, Infusionsoft, Aweber, those different Facebook pages that have fans that are thinking about building an email list. And maybe my webinar is about how to use Facebook to build your email list. So you want to target not only your competitors' fans by targeting their Facebook page, but maybe think of different pages that have an audience aligned with whatever it is you're promoting. So you can do all of that inside the targeting area of your ads dashboard. So you can do the same ad and just target different groups. But one thing I want you to think about is what happens once they opt in. And that's really where most people fail, um, fall short. And that is that when someone opts in to get your free giveaway, I encourage you to create an autoresponder series, meaning you give them the giveaway and then maybe you set up three or four emails that go out maybe every week in terms of just really great, valuable content related to that giveaway. So you're just building up trust and you're building your relationship with them through a series of just value add emails. At some point after those value add emails, you're going to want to promote something, tell people how they can do business with you. That's how you turn that lead into a customer. To me, the, the biggest thing for your buck is to collect leads through Facebook marketing and use email marketing to eventually turn that lead into a customer. I've seen it happen over and over again where this can be really successful when you put the effort into the strategy. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Well, I guess the, the question that would come to my mind that would follow that up, Amy, is what is the best next step? Are you finding any particular form of offer, a webinar, a free consultation yes. or something similar seems to be working best off the back of a, a an opt-in from Facebook? Yes. And that is to start at the beginning of your sales funnel. So the, here's what I mean. If you have, let's say, programs, products, or services, this strategy could work really well for you. But start at the beginning of that sales funnel. Maybe you have, like you said, a free consultation or a $49 product or a $97 product, something for people to get their feet wet, but there's not a huge investment. Where this doesn't tend to work really well is if you get the lead and right out of the shoot, you tell them about a $1,000 program without, you know, earning that, that right to actually tell them about these big programs and products you have to me, you've got to earn it. So you've got to start with those value add emails and then just ease them into your sales funnel. And from there you can upsell and do bigger opportunities, but it tends to work really well when you get them through the door at that introductory offer. Yeah. Well, that would make total sense. Well, let's talk about results, Amy. What sort of results have you been able to achieve personally with this strategy? Because I think you've been doing it quite heavily um, through Facebook to that webinar that you spoke about. Um, what sort of results has it got on you? Yes. You know, the whole idea of page post ads, Facebook ads in general has dramatically changed my business. So when I first started running these ads and experimenting with them, at the time I would get let's say about 50 people maybe into my program. It's a, called the Facebook Marketing Profit Lab. And I only offer it a few times a quarter. 
And so I would start with getting about 50 people in the funnel. Well, when I perfected this and really understood how these page post ads could work and what to do once you get this lead, at this point, we just finished the Profit Lab with over 750 members in the program for this quarter. And I truly set it up so that I ran ads to a live webinar. And on the live webinar, I taught for about 60 minutes. And then I told people about my program. But because I've been doing this over and over again, these people have been on my email list as well. So they've gotten other communication from me. So what I want to really point out here is if you continue this type of strategy, you're building up relationships so that you can then start promoting even bigger programs. So dramatically changed my business from, you know, a, a six figure business, maybe that first year to multiple six figures really quickly after. And I really attribute that to my Facebook ad strategies. There you go. Well, if you've not just given away some form of six figure strategy there, Amy, for people to go and implement, then uh, I think people are, are, are listening with their ears closed right now. So the proof's <laughs> in the pudding. You've done it. You've done it yourself. Um, now you teach all of this stuff, Amy, you're, you're very passionate about it. I think you've also got some places that people can go to, to learn more from you, either through some form of paid courses or free information. Where might we send people off to today if they've got their ears pricked up as a result? of this interview. Thanks for asking. You can go to amyporterfield.com or you can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash FB webinar where you can see one of my free webinars and kind of see how I do it and understand strategy even a little bit more. So I appreciate you asking. Oh, you're most welcome. Well, um, for our listeners, we'll make sure that the links to those places are featured in today's show notes. Amy, have you got any parting advice that you can offer our listener or maybe some form of call to action or or um, suggestion that you could make as a result of today that we can we can get our listeners to take account for after today's session? I do. I love that concept. So first off, you've got to be patient with yourself. Um, FB ads or Facebook ads definitely take a little time and trial and effort. So you've got to just experiment with them and be patient with yourself. Once you start to really understand them, they really take off. And also one thing I learned from working with Tony Robbins is never, ever leave the scene of a training or just a podcast that you learn something without committing to take action in the next 24 hours. So right now I want you to tell yourself, all right, in the next 24 hours, I'm going to do and whatever it is that you're going to start to take a step forward to get some momentum. So I encourage everyone listening to do just that. Fantastic. Well, to our listener out there, whatever you're taking action on, we'd love to hear about it in the comments section for today's episode. So let us know what you've done and how you've gotten on with it and uh, report back to us in the comments. I'm sure Amy will pop along to uh, to offer some suggestions and feedback as well. So Amy, thank you so much for coming on Traffic Jam. It's been an absolute ball and uh, hopefully we'll get opportunity to do it again sometime. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This week's news in traffic. Okay, so this week, Google Plus have added vanity URLs, meaning you can finally kiss goodbye to those super long, ugly looking URLs, which used to accompany your Google Plus profile. Now, I got an email to say that my URL had automatically been changed to plus.google.com forward slash plus. James Reynolds. So if you want to come and find me, that's the place to find me on Google Plus. And you can get yours updated too, as long as you have a profile photo, you have at least 10 followers and have an account that's 30 days old or more. 
Twitter have tweaked their timeline to include pictures and Vine videos right front and center in tweets. Now, those also include paid tweets created and promoted by brands. Now, whilst this may seem like quite a small update, it's in fact pretty significant because it's really giving brands now the opportunity to buy display advertising on Twitter. In a report I found on Mashable.com, Bing is making sure that you never, ever miss an ad again. Now, Microsoft's search engine is offering advertisers basically hero ads which cover the full page on Bing's homepage of search. Now, according to Larry Kim, the chief technology officer of the search engine marketing company, these will appear when a searcher searches for a specific company by name. Now, if you search for Home Depot or Radio Shack or Walt Disney World on Bing, for example, you might come face to face with a monster size full screen advertisement. Now, in this move, additional search results will appear on the second page. The new ads, which Bing announced at an event at Microsoft's campus on Wednesday of last week, are being tested right now with selected advertisers in the United States, which are utilizing Windows 8.1, according to a company spokesperson. Thank you to you if you've left a comment or a review over at iTunes for the Traffic Jam podcast. Please do keep them coming in. I really do appreciate them. Um, in fact, I've got a couple to read out this week. And they're from opposite sides of the world. Let's go, let's go to Canada first. Robin Heppel says, great energy and timely information. James does a great job of keeping on top of the latest traffic strategies and bringing in A-list experts to share their wealth of knowledge. So thank you, Robin. And then from the other side of the world, all the way down in Australia, Tasmania, Happy from Hobart, which I know is my friend David Council says, a must listen. JR is the go-to guy. So if you've not left a review or a rating yet for Traffic Jam, I'd love to hear your feedback on the show. Now, in order to leave a rating, what you've got to do is log into your iTunes account, do a quick search for the Traffic Jam podcast, and then on the podcast page, select the ratings and reviews tab, select your star rating, and then leave me a comment. And the likelihood is that uh, on a future episode, I will read your uh, review out. And if you're smart enough to leave your website address, I'll make sure that's mentioned too as well. So uh, you may get a little bit of extra exposure and perhaps some traffic to your own website. The one minute traffic tip. Okay, this one's short and sharp. So I'm actually going to try and get it finished within one minute. And uh, that is make sure you're investing in good website design. May sound strange for a traffic tip, but ensuring your site looks good will encourage people to stick around when they visit your site and come back to your site again in the future, i.e. encouraging repeat visits. Now, this is important for, of course, your desktop site, but don't neglect your mobile version either. So much traffic now is originating from mobile devices, currently at about 25% of all internet traffic, but growing by the day. So if you've not done so already, now the time to invest in mobile. I'll have an episode coming up on mobile marketing in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, if you've not done so already, make sure your site is mobile optimized. 
So that pretty much brings episode number 23 to a close. We will, of course, be back here in about seven days from now for another episode of Traffic Jam. On next week's episode, I'm going to be talking to Marcus Sheridan. He's the sales lion, and we're going to be having a conversation all about blogging. Now, what I like most about Marcus's approach is that it's incredibly easy to implement. What he's going to teach you will move you right past that writer's block that all of us experience from time to time to create blog posts that are not just epically useful, but also can get found easily by the search engine. So make sure you check out my session with Marcus on episode number 24. To play out episode number 23, I've got a track chosen by me by an artist chosen by my guest today, Amy Porterfield. Now, Amy said to me, I want any track by Luke Bryan and then left me to go off and research and choose one. So the track I've chosen, Amy, is called I Don't Want This Night to End. And my only reason for choosing it is the following line in the song. You got your hands up, you're rocking in my truck. <laughs> I just laughed at that. Totally awesome. So to play out this week's episode, we've got a track by Luke Bryan and it's called I Don't Want This Night To End. See you again here soon. Girl, I know I don't know you, but your pretty little eyes so blue are pulling me in like the moon on your skin. I'm so glad you trusted me to slide up on this dusty seat and let your hair down and get out of town. Got the stars coming out over my hood, and all I know now is it's going good. You got your hands up, you're rocking in my truck. You got the radio on, you're singing every song. I'm set on cruise control, I'm slowly losing hope of so damn hot and I don't know what road we're on or where we've been from staring at you girl all I know is I don't want this night to end gonna cuss the morning when it comes cause I know that the rising sun ain't no good for me cause you'll have to Gonna make the most of every mile Do anything to make your smile Land on my lips Get drunk on your kiss Clock on the dash Says 3.35 There's plenty of gas And the night's still alive You got your hands up You're rocking in my truck You got the radio on You're singing every song I'm set on cruise control I'm slowly losing hope
do you need to? Well, I kind of want to get to know you. I don't know. Let you come out to a show or something. I could leave a ticket for you. Okay. You should do that. You should leave a ticket. <laughs> Where are you from? Where I'm from doesn't necessarily mean that's where I'm going to be. Okay. Well, then, where are you going to be? I don't know. But I'm here now. Sounds really good. Thanks, buddy. You all right? Just ready to get back out on the road. Pretty fired up about this run. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you in the morning. All right. Hey, I, I need you to do something for me. Absolutely. I need you to leave me a ticket for somebody. You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.